afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. Our podcast used to be about books. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can find me on Twitter, Alex underscore Falcone. And I am in studio today in um, our our Northeast Portland studios. I'm yeah. in Hunter's bedroom. Yeah. Uh, we're recording in, I'm visiting Portland for the week. And so I have uh, sitting in the, in the in room with me in studio. Uh, first up, uh, Professor at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter in uh, in our studios as well. Mr. Anthony Lopez. Hey, how we, this is uh, very exciting. Um, it's nice in here. It's nice and warm. I like it. We're all close together. Uh-huh. Talking about a nice, very good movie. And I brought some I brought some virus for you guys from Los Angeles. Yes. Hell yeah. Enjoy. The LA yeah. Corona. Enjoy some state of emergency. Yum, yum. Mm. Uh, they paid me $40 to fly here. That's how That's cheap wow. plane tickets are now. That's why we uh, we call always call you... Uh, What's Vin Diesel's character from Fast and Furious called? Why can't I remember? He that had a name? character name in Fast and Furious. <laughs> Why would they? I think he's fast. <laughs> fast, yeah. and then The Rock is furious. It was. I was making a joke. Say so he only drinks Corona. So uh, you came up here with good. some of okay. that. You solid, know. solid Corona-related joke. Um, also joining us and hosting us at Hungry Hunty on Instagram. It's Associate Professor Mr. Hunter Donaldson. <laughs> Hunter, Hunter Donaldson. Hunter Donaldson. Hunter Donaldson. That's your <laughs> CBS All Access show. <laughs> It's, it's Mr. Hunter Donaldson. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm good. I'm great. Thanks uh, for letting us I'm, be here. I'm happy to be in uh, in my bedroom studio. Yeah. This is the first time. This is the, only the second time I recorded a podcast in my bedroom, and uh, it's. I feel like the setup needs a little bit of work, but I'm I'm digging it thus far. I would say. I uh, let's see. Crit- criticisms of the setup. Um, New table, bigger table. Yeah, I would. Yeah, it would be nice. Uh, there's also 75 cents on this table, and I feel like yes. I deserve at least a dollar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I to set out your pay <laughs> beforehand. That's how I do it. No, it's uh, it's lovely. It's a great. It is a little dark for the midday of the most beautiful day of the year in That's Portland. True. But it was just some thoughts. You know, everything <laughs> else is really great. Um, so we are here today. This is um, season three, episode nine. It's the ninth episode in our slightly condescending film school series on the show. Brought to you as always by our fabulous, loyal, and amazingly attractive meat buddies. Um, so. Before we start about the, start talking about the movie, uh, what else have you guys watched this week? Hunter, we, we missed you last week. Yeah. And we all wondered what had happened on the CBS All Access show, Picard. Are you so, talking about the segment of the show that's called... Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, sometimes a, sh- a segment of a show would have a theme song. This, bah, bah, the bah, name bah, is a song. Bah, bah, yes. Bah, bah, bah. It's your recurring theme. <sighs> Hunter's Hunter, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Hunter All Access, that song. Yes. And I wish I could sing it, but I have no idea. I don't know anything yeah. about Star Trek. So what's... So Have you watched anything else, or is it still all Star Trek? Uh, it's been a lot of Star Trek. Um, all You're only releasing one episode a week. So I have like, the idea that it's a lot. Like, I'm just re-watching I'm, it. No, I'm it's trying really to... Once, it's once a week? Yeah, yeah. Do it's they like not know how show. streaming works? No, no, no. They, they, they're stubborn. Yeah. Uh, in, in more than one way. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also watching like old Star. I'm just very all about Star Trek right now. Interesting. Um, and I'm watching uh, Deep Space Nine from the beginning, which is great. So I can watch like good Star Trek and then what's going on right now. It doesn't mess with your brain to be watching so many different generations of the story at the same time. No, because no. it's not. I mean, it's not much of. It's not really one story. You know. I mean, it's like it's a lot of different. And Deep Space okay. Nine has okay. almost no Picard or TNG people in it. Oh, okay. Really. So. All right. Um, so how you feeling? Uh, Picard, uh, still breaking my heart, still tw- <laughs> still twisting the knife, mm-hmm. still looking me right in the eye as he twists the knife, and I'm just like, it just makes me sad because it's like, you know, I don't know that Patrick Stewart has time to turn this ship around, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, on this earth, and yeah. I, I don't mean to get dark, I just mean like, it's just going to be such yeah. a weird footnote 
on his career that this show is happening. I And I will say this. On this show, all I have done is say bad things about this show. Yes. But that it is, I am not one of, because there's a lot of people out there that are upset about this show. A lot of people. Okay. And a lot of their takes, I don't necessarily sign on to everything they're saying. Oh, are these like uh, the Star Wars people where they're like, I hate that this yes, girl has a, lines. Those people totally exist in Star Trek. If, and I just want to point out again that people are paying CBS the privilege <laughs> of being upset about this show. It's not even yes. coming for free over the air. Yeah, you are yeah. giving them money yeah, yeah. so that you can be upset with the product they yes. give you if weekly. You, if you don't want to pay any money, you get some access. Yeah, that's But yes. if you want all the access, you got to pay for it. Yes. And um, it's not It's not worth it. No. Do you think, um, is this like, so I was just reading about how Nick Cage has put out like 12 direct-to-DVD movies in the last 10 years, and that makes sense for him because he's got like an island, he's got mortgage payments mm-hmm. due. He's got a T-Rex skull. Yeah. Do you feel like, is that what's happening with with, uh, with Patrick Stewart? It's like he's he's got some stuff to pay off before I he goes? I don't think so. Okay. I really, I just don't think that would be a very good plan for him if he was trying to make a bunch of money, it would be to go back to CBS. I mean, I'm sure he's making good money on the show, but he's also a movie star. Like he could he could do higher profile stuff, I feel mm. like if he wanted to. Yeah. Um as yeah. I was gonna say somebody doesn't watch hasn't watched this show, but uh I, I also me and I would guess a significant chunk of our listeners. So but I sure. would, thanks but for as, keeping it and bringing it back. As someone time. who has like a the big uh, a big fan of TNG wasn't until recently, uh the last few years though, but that's but the point I was trying to make, it seems like it's the type of thing that uh, Patrick Stewart loves playing Picard. How could you not? It's such yes, a great yes, character that yes. that's what seems so disappointing to me is that I, it doesn't feel like just like a kind of cynical cash grab. It feels yeah. like he really like wanted to come back. like an optimistic cash grab. Yeah. Well, yes. The problem is they just let the people who have been ruining Star Trek for the last like continue 10 years to, continue to yeah. run the ship, you know? This is the nicest thing I can say about it. And this is a little bit of a spoiler, but who cares? This show's not about Star Trek anyways. Um, (laughs) That's the meanest spoiler where you're like, I'm sure I'll turn on this podcast that used to be out books. Surely they'll not spoil Star Trek. Well, so, I mean, if you you didn't know this already, uh, Riker Mm -hmm. is in the show. And the episode... That well, you could look at the cast list and see this. Yeah, he sure. also directed uh, w- one or two of the episodes. I also don't know who it is, so it's not hurting me. But I was, I don't know why Riker. I was acting you know, like I was Jonathan, spoiled. Jonathan Frakes, he's not, like, he's I've seen, like I've seen one Star Trek, one, one Star Trek one. thing, and it's the one where the whale time travels. Uh, so do you ever it. do you ever see that show when the guy would tell myths and be like, "Did it happen? Yes, it did." That was him. Yeah, that's the he guy. Saw that too. What was oh, that? Yeah. 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 No. Uh, There's such a great supercut of that where yeah. it's just every cut of him saying something kind of vaguely mysterious. God, I used to love that show. What was that called? I don't that, remember what it was called mm, at all. People but, right now are screaming yeah. Dom because I did remember his name for Fast and the Furious <laughs> <Okay>. and <laughs> screaming the name of this show that Jonathan yeah. Franks hosted for years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But like, here, let me let me just put this button on this so that it can be done. There is a part of the episode that he is on. Where him and Picard sit by a pond and they just talk for a second. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, the show <laughs> seemed almost worth it. This is what you want is you want Patrick Stewart by a, fa- by a pond chatting with people. Listen, this Picard, is a good podcast. No, here's the thing hey, Star Trek Pic- shit. Oh my God. Picard. Wait, this is a Picard. This is what they do. They're like, it's the future. Picard starts a podcast called Picard by the Pond. And then he just sits by a pond and talks to people. You know why it's a good moment is because the character does not 
that's what the character deserves at this point. The yeah. character did so much in his fictional career and his fictional history that what he deserves and what you want to believe as a Star Trek fan is that at the end of the day, Picard got to just like chill out and hang out with his friends. And that's that what you him. want for He's him. And watching this show, I, I would be down. I would literally... If the show is just like suddenly the conflict's all gone and it's basically just TNG characters sitting around being like, oh, let's make pizza. <laughs> I would watch that. I'm into that too. Every uh, once in a while, someone brings up the time Picard got turned into a Borg and killed all those people <laughs> and he just kind of stops. And it's like, I have to go sit in a room alone for a few hours and it's just that for a whole episode. Also, would, they, would them yeah. making pizza just be like, you walk over and say pizza and then it happens? No, they make, they so in the, I, that's a reference. They do actually make pizza in the episode. Oh. And Riker has this like cool pizza oven out back, basically. Huh. Um, so yeah, no, they make specific choice for a, an, a person to put well, in their backyard. You know, in Star you gotta be Trek, making to, even getting a pizza stone seems like you're a little too into pizza right, at home. Right. I don't feel like you've known enough rich people. That's, yeah, that's I, the I feel the I same way. I have every known day. way too many rich people, and a lot of them somehow own weird pizza contraptions <laughs> right. in their backyard. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the thing is, in Star Trek, you don't need to make food ever, right? Because yeah, right. you just tell the replicator to. Yeah. But so this is like kind of the vinyl records right. type thing of food. In Star Trek. I did know about the replicator because I actually have seen two Star Trek things. I realized I've, both for the pro the podcast. porn parody. I saw, <laughs> I saw the I saw the whale time travel and the porn parody. Yeah. We had oh, to watch dear. that. And so I know there's a replicator because they bone near it. <laughs> anyway, um, I want uh, my wife and I watched a bunch of movies this week. Uh, I do want to talk about um, Hunters, the new Al Pacino show on Amazon Prime okay. about shooting Nazis. <laughs> but I don't, I have like two episodes short, so I'm going to wait and I'm going to come back to that. But I did just want to say real quick that uh, my wife and I finally got around to watching Bandersnatch, which I know is not cutting edge. I know this is an older thing. Yep. Um, but um, probably not to the surprise of anybody, we only got like about half the endings because it never occurred to us to kill his, her dad or his dad. We never, we were like, they want us to kill dad. We're never killing this dad. Right. And we spent so long fighting against that. And, and you then, never actually did it? Never did it. Never did it. Good. And so then later I was like, I don't, I'm, we've had fun for about 80, 90 minutes. I don't really want to do this any longer. I'm just going to read about the other endings. And then there's all this crazy shit that happens if you just kill dad. But like, he didn't deserve it. Right. Well, that's what's so great about choose your own adventure type storytelling. As you can, is that you decide. Right. You exactly. Know? The movie we wanted was where it was just like rule following nerds. That's the movie we got. <laughs> But I was so, I was like, wait, how are there so many other things that could happen? And I was like, oh yeah, they all come down to that one moment where I was like, no, of course we're not going to do that, right. right? And it even felt like the movie's trying to make me. I'm not going to do it. I get that. I mean, I don't like being a bad guy in a video game, even if I'm allowed to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do like the idea of you sitting trying to like speed run Cumberdash to try to get as many <laughs> different endings. This is elite strat. Okay. If you come around this corner and hit X real fast, <laughs> this again. Any percent Bandersnatch yeah. run. Oh, I'm going to NPC clip this thing to get a glitch to get right to the end. Uh, I don't know what I, I don't know what any of those words mean, but I do know you called it Cumberbatch, and I think that's a very funny. <laughs> that's what it's called. Way, way to mistake Bandersnatch. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, Anthony, what did you watch this week? 
Uh, what have I watched this week? I have actually uh, been was meant to see a lot of things this week, but I got distracted by uh, this new video game called Dreams. Dreams. Mm. That I wanted to take a minute to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I did so. watch a lot of stuff yeah, in Dreams. In Dreams. Uh, and, so, and this is an actual video game, not just your dreams. That you're no, no. I'm yes, smoking no. a lot of DMT <laughs> and just... <laughs> Frying balls in my dreams right now. <laughs> if you were like, this is a trick to just read your dream journal yeah, to yeah. us, I no. would be a little um, upset. Uh, no, I got pitch it. Pitch it. I just got it. this new game called yeah, Dreams. It's very it? cool. It is uh, the best way I've heard it described. It's uh, um, YouTube for everything is sort of how YouTube I heard it. Uh, thing I like the most. So it is a it is a video game made by the company company called Media Molecule, who mm-hmm. made a game called Little Big Planet a few years ago. Yes, I don't know if you've heard I've of that. Heard it's their new Planet. game. Cool. Uh, and it's little big planet times a billion, essentially. So it's like it's little giant planet, y- little infinite planet. Oh. Let's say, let's say that. So it is, it is a uh, essentially a incredibly powerful, really complicated to use um, creation suite yeah. that has um, everything in it. So you can make any type of game you really want huh. uh, and do it all with like a regular PlayStation Four controller. But you can also, so you can make like, you know, side scrollers, first person shooters, action games, racing games, uh, story driven huh. games. A lot of people are using it just to make like short films and music videos because it's got a full, really complex sequencer in it. So you can like compose your own music. Uh, you can do voice acting in it if you want. You can record your own audio. Uh, so yeah, I've just been cruising the dreams verse, as they call it. So do you? Uh, wait, so do you play other people's levels, or do you only play yes. stuff you create? No, no, you can. So the that's the kind of the YouTube mm. for everything, and it has like a real sort of, you know, like um, I don't do it too much with YouTube nowadays because if you click down any three links, eventually yes. you end up on a Nazi's yes, website. That's that's uh, their Nazi's YouTube page. That's, that's the six degrees of separation of YouTube. Is like <laughs> yeah. you're all, you're always only three clicks but from Nazis. You remember that early YouTube when you would just kind of like go from one video to yep. another to yep. another this has like that kind of feel but you go from like a weird short film to like a very simple platformer to like an incredibly polished kind of action thing hmm. into like people who just make really complex assets or like little sketches or hmm. like things like that a lot of um you know it's not like it's definitely like it's very early days it's only been out for a few weeks mm-hmm. like officially out so there's a lot they've of stuff they've been working on it though since like 2013 yes. or well, yeah so like i was going to say at first this sounds lazy that they just like made the the tools for the game and then didn't get around to making the game but then i know no, like, well so they like, actually did make there is a like two and a half hour long there thing is. that okay, they great. made right. but they made it entirely the same way that you would make it right right right. so and and making the machine to make machines is always w- like infinitely harder than yes, making and machines. So it's I, the, I, it sounds actually very it's difficult. the type of thing that i i was very much like oh yeah i want to kind of get in and like mess around and kind of make something uh but just uh i've started going through the tutorials to do that i'm about eight tutorials in there's Ugh. probably a few hundred more to go Ooh. uh and it's like you don't have to do all of them i'm sure i could figure it out but just the the how deep in terms of like the different things you can do and program and it is like straight up like how you make video games there's a lot of like basic kind of coding and like programming you need to do but you do have it you in, ever like, done any of that before not uh not really i've done like 3d modeling before but oh, I've, I've never done any coding but this is like kind of removes the you know i'm not like writing when c equals yeah, you know yeah, whatever yeah. um but it does have like you can you know do full animations and all this crazy stuff. Huh. And it is the type of thing, like, it is 
uh, I've always, you know, I've said this on the podcast a lot of times, yeah. um, but I've said, you know, like the fact that a single good movie has ever been made is a miracle. Yeah, if you, the more you learn it's about movies and yeah. like video games are the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but this has really kind of uh, helped me appreciate them even more. Just the idea, like when you look at like all the things that have to happen for like a simple 30 seconds of video game, like the amount of work and I, effort that goes into it. I learned it. a lot about how hard it is to make video games in uh, a little movie called Bandersnatch, uh, oh, yeah. where it really does drive him yeah. crazy. So. <laughs> Um, oh, we also told them not to take the drugs, which it's a trick. They just put the drugs in your drink anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a that's what's called a false choice. It's a false choice, yeah. you fucking liars. All right. Yeah. Um so we're talking this week uh for episode nine of Slightly Condescending Film Film School. We are here today to discuss the what was it, 1958? 54. 54, 1954 mm-hmm. film Seven Samurai. Uh, written and directed by Kurosawa. So, right? <laughs> yes, yes. You laughed like and, I said it wrong. No, like, I just laughed that you skipped his first name. Akira, oh, Akira Kurosawa. <laughs> That's what I said. So, he, uh, so um, uh, before I ask you, actually, I'm going I'm to try to switch these, switch these around. So, first, I'm going to give you the, the basic four-sentence summary of the movie, and then we're going to talk about it. Um, so, if you haven't seen Seven Samurai... Here's what happens. Bandits are, are going to raid a farm. <laughs> it's actually in... very easy to summarize this. Yes, story. yeah, it's pretty like, straightforward. Yeah, so I wrote this down. Uh, bandits are going to raid a farming village, but they give the villagers like six weeks' notice. So that on they can... accident. Well, on accident. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't. They don't. You know, don't post a note on the door. So, well, they sort of do. So, uh, so the village has time. They to walk go up and yell loudly their plan. Yes, yeah. that's what happens. Yes, <laughs> and so the villagers are like, "Oh, we don't want this to happen." So they go out to hire a group of freelance stabbers. Which is uh, in samurai. Japanese uh, samurai, yes. uh, and um, the samurai are expensive. They're yeah, super expensive, they but money. these uh, farm. They, they're, so they're like, well, what do we have? We have farms, so we'll take any samurai that are willing to work for farms uh, farm, <laughs> for food. For food, <laughs> well, specifically ronin samurai, please. Alex. Yes, which is which I did ronin. actually Google ronin, ronin yeah. which is uh, where they don't have a, a job. Yeah, they don't have a master. They don't have okay. someone they like. They're unemployed. They're yeah. freelance. That's what I said. Freelance yeah, yeah. stabber, mercenary. Um, so they they recruit one who's pretty cool, and then they rec- who recruits a bunch more, and so they eventually get all seven: Dobie, Bashful, Happy, Grumpy, Sleepy, Sneezy, and Doc Ock. <laughs> and, and then um, those group, the group of seven, they come back to the village, make friends with the villagers, fuck a few of them, and then they um, uh, then they fight off the band. It's like a, basically like then there's like a three hour long Home Alone sequence where the seven samurai kill off forty other bad samurai. Did you say fuck a few they're, of them? Did bandits. you watch the porn parody of that? <laughs> just Seven the one. Samurai? It was just the one farmer's say. daughter. Um, one farmer's daughter. But the farmer was like, man, they're going to come in here. They're going to be horny boys. They're going to get all of them. <laughs> Dude, the way I he like, runs my... back and makes her cut her hair yeah, or whatever yeah. right away, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And then, and then it, I don't know if it's, it's sort of like because he cut her hair off, she's the only farmer's daughter that any of them are interested in. He's, oh yeah, she's that's like, true. They, she's the only one who gets like, well, if you hadn't been so weird about it, presumably there were other daughters. In fact, they are mentioned. I would, by, I would think. Yeah, um, that's anyway. So then they home alone off the, all the invaders, and it works great. Um, and uh, all but one of the samurai are great. There's just one. It's like it's seven good samurai and one crazy samurai. Who's my favorite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. I was gonna say, if you don't like, I, I was. Gonna oh, say. he's so great. Yeah, he's and easily the best. He samurai. does all of his fighting. Butt exposed. He fights butt out. <laughs> Dude, him itching his butt mm-hmm. is, it's, it's so funny. crazy that his name is, we're avoiding his name. His name is no. to- Toshiro Mifune. Oh, I was not avoiding it. Yeah. I didn't oh, know okay. it. Uh, 
he is well he's like the guy the uh-huh. akira kurosawa number one actor yeah. like if, oh, okay. if if he's in it it's really good yeah i mean also uh he works a lot with uh the first the older samurai um uh takashi shimura he he also works with him in a movie uh, in called life Ikiru. yeah yeah that's super good. very very good super super good movie um but yeah uh it's crazy to me that toshiro is so cool mm-hmm. that he can make scratching his itchy butt Mm-hmm. look like a cool character thing. It was like an interesting choice. He's like James Dean itching his ass. <laughs> yeah. like, he's fighting in like armor, but like porky pig armor, like just waist up, and then he's wearing a thong, and that's his yeah. whole... Yeah. He goes to war he's so bottom great. naked. Well, I mean, this it's movie, crazy. there's one thing we can all agree on. The one thing that I think holds up the best about this movie, a lot of good butts in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a real... Edo era Japan is a real good, it's time. good time if for you're looking butts. for butts. Yeah. You want to see... A lot of butts. Some nice butts. And I I am. I always am. Um, (laughs) Anthony, why did you pick this movie for us? Um, You know, I picked this movie for a few reasons. Uh, One, I love when I get to trick you into watching a very long thing. Because I just know you have to be frustrated about it. Uh, it Wait, actually, I wanted to ask you this. Did it feel long to you? It felt so long. Dude. Oh, my God. Come on. I think, you know, this movie. (laughs) This is the shortest long movie of all time. To me, this movie, for for how long this movie is, it breezes by. I did not find it breezy. Roughly three and 20 minutes. Three hours, 20 minutes. uh, I think. Exactly like Hunter said. I think this movie just flies by. There was an hour in the middle where I was like, I am. It, it was a flashback to older Read It Weep days where I was like, oh, homework is a pain. <laughs> See, I, I was. Uh, anyway, but but, I but, just, but but yeah. So okay, so it was a trick because it's a long bite movie. Bite into it, but I mean, I do think that this is the type of movie that, um, you know, you, you don't you don't feel the pacing for me at least, and also it was like this is like the definition of when they talk about like old epics the way that mm-hmm. like you have two hours of build up and then once the shit goes down it's not just like a quick 20 minute finale right. it is this long drawn yeah. out e- epic you know yeah. dude the um, samurai don't even go to the farmer's village until like a- an hour 20 yeah. yeah like there's like almost a whole movie in there before we even really get past act one yeah, yeah. um but the reasons why i picked this movie um, one, I think if, especially we're talking about film school sort of stuff, this movie's importance cannot be oversold enough in terms of the amount of mm-hmm. things that you see, the, the amount of influence this movie has had. One, you cannot, the, the fact that it's been remade a bunch of times, the fact that you can't do like any sort of anthology TV show without them eventually doing a Seven Samurai mm. episode. I mean, the Did Mandalorian. They, was this the first movie to ever do, um getting the gang back together so basically this movie literally invented i mean this movie pioneered so many of those things so the getting the gang together montage which which was not a montage it's an hour and 20 minutes but But um, the getting the gang together and i do think that's what we've done is we've taken that idea we're like that's a cool idea but what if it was in a minute and a half yeah and now that's how we we would do it Um, so fast now but i mean you have that you have the like the different like uh archetypes for like what a group like this has the young handsome one falling in love with the love interest in the village the kind of crazy one yeah the the way this movie uses like little storytelling techniques like if we introduce like a real badass hero you have him doing like a little side adventure the first thing you see this is one of the first movies to like really do that it really took all these different elements that were very disparate and put them into like one epic package and it's, I mean, Kurosawa in general, in between like this, Roshiman, um, you know, Blood and th- uh, 
Blood and Thrones. Throne, Throne of Blood. Throne of Blood, yeah. Um, Hidden Fortress. Uh, Throne I mean, of Blood does not sound structurally stable. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like a throne that's going to fall apart when you sit on it. You, and you have that sounds just, like puddle. <laughs> well, I mean, puddle. if you let it dry. You know, blood keep, puddle. Uh, puddle of blood. Yeah, blood, that sounds like, now we're talking. It, it's called coagulation, Alex. It gets real hard, all right? Um, oh, that's horrifying. But yeah, you just, there is not... Um, like I said, you can't understate how important this movie is. Yeah. Just the amount of things it did. Kurosawa's style is so incredibly modern for being so old, as well as another thing's the way I like Citizen Kane, because it's the type mm-hmm. of thing that like people think of old movies. You think mm-hmm. of like, being shot a certain way. And there's just the way he like uses like coverage, the way he shoots action, the way his like characters are like very over the top but still super engaging. Is it like is it like Citizen Kane in that all of those stylistic decisions he secretly just stole from German people? No, he actually that's, that, no. that's true here. Okay, that's right. true here, yeah. But I yeah. did remember correctly it was German new new wave. Yeah, yeah, new yeah, wave yes, yes. art thing. Yeah. It's not German new wave, it was uh, German, German expressionism. expressionism. Yeah. That's what yeah. I meant. Um, but no, I, I mean Akira Kurosawa like invented a <laughs> lot of credit, like a yeah. lot of the ways that people shoot coverage, especially like stuff. What, about, what do you like, mean by coverage? What do you mean shoot? Well, coverage? I mean like so he's he's very famous for like pioneering like stuff that sounds so simple nowadays, but like shooting up at trees as people walk under them and oh, like in certain yeah, shots yeah. like that and shooting the sun. Things like that were just literally never really done was, before I him. I didn't write like I didn't yeah. write it down or anything, but I did register. There was at least one point where they, he shot up at a tree, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool looking." Yeah, uh, so it's it's in there. I it, did it feel got that. You. It yeah, got you still yeah. the way he uses like shot composition, the way he uses like camera movements. There's like this one really great when like all these villagers are in the field, and there's like essentially what looks like a dolly shot that's going around them. That my wife and I were like. How did they fucking do that? There's always right. that dolly mm-hmm. tracks behind them, and they couldn't like remove them in post, so it right. had to be some sort of like skateboard equivalent or something it's like, like that. A, or like a Looney Tunes thing where there's someone running a new piece of track to the front, and then goes to the back and grabs yeah. it right as you get off it, and then <laughs> yeah. is constantly building the track. Um, yeah. That would be pretty cool. As well as that, you know, I hadn't seen this movie since probably I was in high school. Uh, so I really wanted to watch it again, and this uh, series has been a great excuse to do yes, that. Yes. Um, so we, so uh, Hunter, you all immediately were like, "Fuck yeah, Kurosawa!" Yes, totally into it. Uh, yeah. um, is this a thing that would appear in a lot of intro to film yeah. things yes. as well, yeah, or are absolutely. you guys particularly like into one of the, no, Samurais? No, one yeah. of the like pillars of okay. like cinema language, and er, yeah. yeah, and I would say uh, a lot of his contemporaries. He is probably more influential than any of them. Mm. I would say even more, his work is probably more influential than Orson Welles, like Mm. Citizen Kane even. Uh, Citizen Kane is like, obviously a really, really important film, but like you can find Seven Samurai's DNA in like the freaking Marvel movies. In Star Wars. It's in Star Wars, yeah. Well, yeah. Dude, the reason Yoda scratches his head is because of how... No, seriously. (laughs) That's a reference to this guy's butt? No, it's not not because of Toshiro's butt. It's because of uh, Shimura, Takashi Shimura, the Uh, older guy, the way that he scratches his head is specifically... uh, Yoda specifically does that because of Shimura. Oh, okay. I thought they were saying that you were going to say that Yoda's head was designed to look like this famous no, samurai yeah. butt. It, and also, though, Yoda's character in general is influenced by the uh, elder samurai in this character. Yeah, or and in the, in this I did go movie. to a... Um, other Kurosawa movie, Hidden Fortress, is like a was the early template for Star Wars. He essentially... A New Hope, it's like yeah. the same plot, almost. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Kurosawa, just the... 
the, his influence cannot be forgotten in terms of film history. Interesting. It's because his stuff is so focused on story. It's like the the things that make his movies exceptional even when you watch them today is that the story is being told to you so well and and everything is such like a because, because there's a lot of uh samurai movies uh in his canon it's like you've got a lot of connections to just like almost uh, not to say like pulpy but just like classic storytelling mm. uh like you could study his his work even in just like a like a world literature class i feel like it would be yeah. uh welcome cuz it's just like this kind of relates back to like you know, classic storytelling like Gil- Gilgamesh or uh, Journey to the West or like any of those stories you would read in a class like that. A lot of his work, I feel like, harkens back to that. Ran, which is my favorite of his, is actually um, uh, basically a retelling of King Lear, the um, oh, uh, Shakespeare yeah. play, but as a samurai epic. Um, and it's in color. It, you should see yeah. that one. Actually, it's hmm. very, very good. Well, as well at at the same time, pitting his films like you know, you also have movies like Rochamon, which like invented like mm-hmm. like not invented, but definitely pioneered like the idea of like unreliable narrator in films Ooh, yeah. and like reshowing stuff from different viewing angles. But also, his films have like not just super clean, crisp storytelling, but there were themes and like stuff in the Seven Samurai that is like so relevant. Really I did notice time, a couple you know, of really big themes. Um, I noticed the theme of samurai. <laughs> That's not a theme. And the, 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 and <laughs> nope. the theme of sevens. No, there was no. the, the nope. theme but of sevens running you know, through. Stuff like, came in seven. There's the. I mean, everything about the um, sort of the wild one. His entire character arc of like, you know, he, he's he's a trickster and he's like angry and he has all this rage and then he has like this great monologue when he talks about like, of course they have secrets. Uh, oh, like I the love when the village when he's part. talking about like when they bring oh, the, yeah. samurai, the samurai. Um, and, yeah, and, and he's just yeah. like you know you think that like the wars are fought who really suffer you know the stuff like that stuff about like the way uh, selfishness in community leads to like everyone failing like there's one band when those one villagers want to run away and just protect their own house this is yeah. great monologue about like we stand together and we all have something at the end of it like there's just so I much I want to talk about that far- the farmer's moment again just a little bit and, and for the people who have not seen it so they're um the the seven samurais are uh, protecting this village, and they one of the villagers produces a bunch of old samurai armor. It's like we'll help out. Here's a bunch of free stuff, mm-hmm. and they're like, the first guy is like stoked about all the free armor, and then someone else is like, "That's here because of they killed samurai and took their stuff." Right, and then they're all mad at the farmers, and they're so. And this is actually a thing that I don't feel like I totally understand, which is that he, uh, so. So they're mad at the farmers for having secrets. And that guy is like, yeah, but secretly I was a farmer. Farmers are always sneaky, but it's your fault because the samurai are always killing the farmers. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, and then they're like, oh, he was a farmer. Ooh. And I don't know the like social order of samurai and farmers enough to know. Like, wh- why, why was he super embarrassed about that? Also, why was he embarrassed about being the son of a from, farmer? Yeah, because later because the farmer, class. but yeah. the farmer was like, "I can't believe my daughter had sex with the samurai." That's so embarrassing for our family, and that sounds like far- samurai are lower than farmers on a social well, order. The, it's it's just not that simple. Mm. I mean, like like they didn't want them they didn't want them having sex with the samurai because samurai are not like I mean. They literally just walk around and kill people for money. Oh, okay, like, so they're, they're just like not class. They're yeah, not good. They're not good dads. Yeah. So, oh, warrior class is a great way to put it, yeah. actually, because they're higher class, but their class is that they're warriors. Right. So they're not good. 
for husband, yeah. you know. Yeah, like we yeah don't they're bad for husband. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I but, mean, it's like yeah. the idea of going back to like the sort of the Ronin idea. Uh, the, uh, but mm-hmm. the idea that like samurai are like respected within like a community, but you work for someone else in yes. the community. You mm-hmm. are not the respectable pillar yourself. You are the hired sword who is bound by honor to this other you know, whether it's like a, a local leader or like a, a person who sort of runs the area or something like that. Um, so, and also, you know, you have to have to keep in mind, you know, um, I think that this movie, one, has actually fairly progressive politics for its era, even mm. for like yeah. by today's standards. You know, the fact that like everyone in the village like looks at the dad and is like, you're a fucking dick, you yeah, know? Dick. Um, dick. But it has, you know, and definitely, well, like I said, like the big speech he has, but also, you know, you have to look at like, this movie takes place in 1457, mm-hmm. you know, or 1547, something like that. Yeah, sure. You know, Japan, Edo period. And, you know, Japan is such like a, a sort of like a, sort of class and honor such ingrained into the culture that mm-hmm. it is definitely to understand from a Westerner. You know, I think because I'm, most of my knowledge that I have about this stuff is literally through just like I went through such a big Japanese film um, phase of my life mm-hmm. that like I've picked up enough context and all this and like I'm very interested in that kind of stuff. But it's the type of thing that like I don't really understand enough to really understand the nuances of it. But yeah, I, so that that's kind of an interesting thing to say because I feel like when somebody comes to America and they're like, I learned about America just through American movies, they're like, everyone's a cowboy and shoots a hamburger right. for dinner. So like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, so what are what are you missing if you learn a, their, the Japanese culture just through movies? I don't yeah, what are you missing? Yeah, I guess you wouldn't know. know Anthony. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I don't, like, I definitely think that there's, like, different layers to it. I mean, there's certain, like, the Weibo, Otaku type culture, like, that which is above not, us, you know, you, you but I'm not, be. I'm not up there with right. it. But, like, I think it's the type of thing that, like, you, especially with, it's, it's the type of thing, like, sort of modern culture. I don't really have a very good head, head around, or even ancient one, or sort of classical, historical culture there. So I, it's hard for me to even say, but I definitely think I have a better understanding than like uh, certain time periods that I see movies a lot from. Yeah, but it's very hard. But I also think that like when people come over to the states, at least, I, I think that the most of the time they have like you know you guys are real real fucked up, ugly, racist countries. Like yeah, you kind of got us nailed. Yeah, so I, very, I think yeah, that's, that's very accurate. That's a good point. Sorry, Hunter. I just you sat in your chair like a bird. You perched. You were up on your tiptoes on your office chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's more like the Batman, if you ask me. Right. You know, just like the Batman. It, so anyone's it, it it feels good. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Um, so I feel this is like um, there's nothing sexier than defensiveness, right? We can all agree. So um, <laughs> I just I feel I've been feeling like a building defensiveness since I told you that I did not think it flew by. Um, and so I've been trying to think I'm trying to think to myself and trying to understand why did I think this was boring? Yeah, and I, I think that's what I want to know. I think a big, wait, you would go as far as to say you thought this movie was boring. I was very bored in the middle third. I would say I enjoyed the first part, and then I enjoyed like once the once the shit went down. I think I had more fun, but there was a good when they were in the village making friends. I got so bored. Were you eating soup during that part okay, again? So I'm glad you mentioned the soup. So <laughs> I was not, but here's this is a thing. So a thing about is I am okay. I am aware that I am defending an idiot position on purpose. Like, just so you guys know, the the position of not liking to read movies, 
I do suspect that deep inside, most people don't like to read the movies, the the subtitles, and they're just like we we do because it's worth it. But I, I think it's not a good way to experience a movie. And one main reason is even though I was not eating soup. I'm still looking at the bottom quarter of the screen almost mm-hmm. exclusively. I can't see people's facial expressions when they're talking very well because I'm reading what they're saying below their bodies. Yeah. So I felt like, and also, Seven, a lot of samurai to keep track of. One I, of them doesn't speak. What are you talking like, I Wait, really? <laughs> half of them don't speak, I think. I mean... Yeah, I mean, yeah. what? There's... I know the if, leader and the crazy one and the horny one. That's the only three yeah, I know. Who's the horny one? The one who, oh, the, the younger one, one. yeah, yeah. The sex with the, the, the farmer lady. But yeah. then the other four, you know, one of them, his whole thing is that he's the quiet badass. Yeah, rarely says anything. Well, not, probably not uh, the most underrated one. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the scene where he just like runs out and goes and get the, the gun. Yeah, comes back. That's and so cool. That was cool. The I guy comes. Uh, that's like one of my favorite moments in the movie. It's just he's like sitting there. Just like, yeah, I did that. And the guy comes over and it's just fanboying out in front of him. That's, oh God, that movie was so fun. I also like that as like this movie is like large, like an underlying thing behind all of this is like, man, if somebody has ranged weapons, it really changes the game. Yeah. When you're all swords and somebody comes with a gun, man. That sucks. Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) That is one of my favorite, uh, just a side note real fast. This is one of my favorite sub uh, genres of sort of uh, period action movies mm-hmm. is uh, early firearms being yeah. introduced yeah, right, yeah. into sort of like classic. So they had three. So for, for those at home who have not seen the movie, the Seven Samurai, they're all sword people. They're yeah. samurai, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the bad guys, the bandits, have three muskets. And they and that's a big deal. It's a yeah. huge <laughs> advantage, uh, even though they don't. They're not very accurate. So like, yeah, they're idiots. The guy but... with the Porky Pig guy jumps well, on top and like slaps his butt at the yeah. gun person, and they shoot and don't get him. So they're not well, great guns. I mean, to be fair, yeah, I, I'm gonna say this. Not it's less that they're bad aims and more that old rifles were incredible. Yeah, yeah, they go wherever. There's yeah. a reason why in like. You know the the Revolutionary War. They stood fifteen yards from each other in lines <laughs> and just shot hard, into yeah. each other. Otherwise, it would take all day. Yeah, because yeah, like, <laughs> they were allowed to run and hide. It just would take too long, so they had to do it that way. Yeah, the also, old guns were incredibly unaccurate. The bandits also had uh, bow and arrows sometimes, yeah. which yeah. when they ha- when they used those were very strong. Well, there was yeah. the one samurai that was good with a bow. I think he yeah. like stole it from the bandit though, oh, right? Did he? Yeah, I, I think he grabbed that. it off the guy. On the- also, the bandits had horses. Huge advantage. Yeah. Right. Um, um, well, I mean, yeah, that's the whole story, though, yeah. is that it's kind of a hopeless situation. Well, yeah, one thing I loved about it was that they never, the samurai are so honorable, they never just stabbed the horse. Every oh, time yeah. someone was charging on a horse, I was like, man, if you trip that horse, that guy's in trouble. <laughs> and they never trip the horse, and I really appreciate that. Don't yeah. hurt the horse. Yeah. He doesn't even know he's in a war. Horse just thinks like, okay, wow, see, today is scary. Now, we might have found a point where it's like, is this cultural or are we just watching a movie? Because uh, in a movie, yeah. <laughs> you can't really you can't just hurt, the hurt horse. horses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless you're um, uh, Ben-Hur. And then... And then, yeah, well... Or, or The Hobbit? Was oh, it? yeah, the production did of they, The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. did they hurt a horse in The Hobbit? They, they killed, like, 200 horses for no, The Hobbit? They, they accidentally killed, like, 40 horses while yeah. making The Hobbit trilogy. Yeah, wow. That one, it was an accident, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, Hur, yeah. Ben Hur was like, we know, but like Ben Hur, they were like the first one, not the second one. I think yeah. they were just like, yeah, these are just a 
we just keep buying new horses because the horses Yeah, died. they just didn't yeah. even think yeah. that it was, it was a car in, in so a, sad. This is very sad. Can I make a light note about movie horses? Yes, please. I love horse stunts. Uh-huh. Like if you can get, tra- oh, yeah. if you can teach a horse to do a fall, that's like one oh, of my favorite yeah. movie stunts. I will never get tired yeah. of watching uh, someone fall on a horse. That's pretty yeah. cool. Especially if you, if you can ever see like behind the scenes how they train. I'm and then, not, like, yeah, I didn't know you could do that because uh, their ankles are so fragile. Yes, but you can, if, if you... You can. There's plenty of footage. Looking, look, in, look yeah, it up. But if you up. if you ever see like when they're doing like rehearsals and you have like the horse stunt people and like the stunt horses, the way they teach horses to fall over, it's it's awesome. It's one of my favorite practical movie stunts, and this movie has a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I I, I want to talk a little more about this middle third. Well, that you, that yeah. So just was, to like just to wrap up my thought for why yeah, I felt yeah. it was a little boring. So one is I just I, I I really think that the fact that so many good movies are in other languages and that's important and worthwhile is is clouding out the fact that people watch that reading the movie is taking away from the movie. If you can't look at someone's face when they're talking, if you can't hear their inflection. Like you can hear that they're yelling or not, but you can't hear how they say which word in a sentence because I don't know which word is that word. Can I can I throw out something? Though? Yeah, this is something. What you're talking about, I feel like goes away with time and exposure. Yes, mm. it is. Same and it's kind of it goes culture to culture too. It's not like oh, I watched a bunch of Japanese movies, so now I'm really I'm now I'm going to watch a bunch of German movies, and there's not going to be right. like a weird. No, it like you kind of. But that's what's so. So cool you have about an idea it. of like what's yeah. happening in this movie already. So when you're reading it, you just glance and go back, and you can watch them. But like as a first timer in person, this is like my third samurai movie, maybe. Sure. Uh, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who any of these people are. I have to like really. I'm trying to look. I haven't seen their faces the whole movie. I, I feel like there's an insecurity when you first start watching. I'm, and I'm just trying to remember back to when I first started watching a lot of subtitled movies, mm-hmm. um, because when I was like probably like 16 i started getting really curious about foreign film and i remember when i started watching that it was kind of like this kind of a pain in the ass yeah uh i feel like i was reading kind of insecurely i was reading Mm. like i really needed to hit every single word because otherwise i'm not going to get this but if you start thinking about it when you watch a regular movie for the first time i only listen to like half of it you miss a lot of stuff and it's okay because there's soup and that's sure yeah you eat soup you it's you're lucky if you get like 25 percent of the words (laughs) you got those novelty loge bowls so when you go to sip too it blocks out a lot of we have we always use glass bowls so i can see the movie through my soup bowl while i'm slurping it <laughs> Do you have any of those glass see-through movie soup bowls? <laughs> yeah, they know. They always want to die. They're like, "Oh, you're watching foreign language films, and your wife makes soup every Sunday. You got to get on this. It's the only solution." Oh, um, um, so, so you're saying that you don't read now as scared as I do. I, I, read scared. I I'm not. Assu- I'm not saying that. Well, I'm assuming no, that, but yeah, I, 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 I obviously Definitely. I can't be sure. But I think that there is a lot of uh, uh there's a lot of a great movie that can be communicated to you without you just having to just really stick on those subtitles. Yeah. And I feel like as I've gotten more used to watching movies like that, I probably miss a lot of subtitles and I just don't care a roll with it cuz it's like I'm going to get it. Like there's I can see people's faces, I can feel what they're feeling. I think mm-hmm. in general though, you this also might be personality related because in general, people <laughs> have, even just if you listen to three episodes of the show, you're like Hunter seems like chill, dude. <laughs> Alex no chill, Falcone, does not seem like he just but, I mean, skips also, some words if, and feels okay. If you okay. have a very good filmmaker, especially someone like Kurosawa, who yeah. can, can convey so much of his meaning yeah. through action and just movement, right? You 
I mean, this is certainly not the type of movie you could watch with, like, no subtitles and get the plot. But I bet if you did, you would get most of the plot. Yeah, I bet. Um, Just because it is so clear in the way he frames people and the way things move and shot. shot. And also, at the same time, I do always thought that, one, that kind of opinion about subtitles is um, a fairly kind of privileged view that we have here in the sense that most of the Mm. world who watches American movies, watch them subtitled. Right. Right. So it's, I think that's a big part of why, especially the stigma from outside of the States is like, we watch all your movies all the fucking time subtitled and right. we don't have a problem with it. So I've always thought that there was okay, so a- just, I, look, I don't want to, and I don't want to be, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying like, why didn't Gone with the Wind win an Oscar this year? I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> I'm just saying that, well, maybe that I'm, in, instead of this being privileged, I'm empathizing with them. And being like, man, it must be hard to watch American movies because you're always looking at the bottom third of the screen. Right. Yeah, but you're missing out on some good face acting. I I do think at the same time it is a muscle. Like I feel like I I can watch, read the subtitles and see the action the entire time. I really don't feel like I have too much of a problem with that. Um, I would rather do that. I also have a a minor face phasia, as you know. um, Where what? I'm sorry. just cannot remember characters' faces from earlier on. I don't. I have a really tough time keeping track of who people are in movies. With um, like specific countries' movies. What are you no, trying no, to say, see, Alex? No, I understand. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> where, are you, where are you going with this? Look, and if if there weren't hundreds of episodes where I had gotten confused over two white people, I would understand how this sounds right now. Although I will also say, Seven is a lot of samurai to remember, but. Um, in, in 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 but specifically in any there's so many there was a movie where I didn't realize Meryl Streep was playing both characters like I am just I have well she's a very time. good actress she's that's so, she's so much okay. rain so it's, she just, is, yeah. it's very like she's just really in the role she just transforms yeah. this is all the time where I just so like actually my wife and I are good team uh, movie watching because she can't understand dialogue and I can't under I can't recognize faces and so every line she's like what did he say. What did he say? And then I tell her what he said. <laughs> but you don't then, know who said it. And then later I'm like, Wait, but who, do we know that guy? And she's like, yeah, it's the main guy. I'm like, oh, great. Okay, good to see him again. That's why this whole project is so much fun. Because <laughs> it's because I'm an idiot? It, no, it's just imagining you having to watch these movies <laughs> is... I don't even think we have to record the show if I'm being honest. Just like <laughs> if I could just send you like a little sheet of notebook paper and you just open it up and it says, now you have to watch the seventh seal. And then you're like, no, what is that? I don't want to. And then I'm like, you have to because I want to think about like, you doing it. This yeah. is like unboxing videos, but it's just me watching stupid movies. <laughs> yeah. Or doing no, watching not good stupid. movies stupidly. Sorry. Also, uh, we are skipping ahead a little bit, but I do want I do think we should watch the seventh seal. Uh, for the next movie, because of Max von Sydow just just died. passed away, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, did you say for the next movie? Uh, yeah, just coming up. Okay, coming up sometime soon. Yeah, because yeah. we because we just lost Max, and I yeah, see, I've never movie. seen it, and I want. I've always wanted to see. I haven't seen a lot of young Max von Sydow movies, mm-hmm. and he's one of those actors who's always been because he was old as fuck in The Exorcist, even though that was mostly makeup. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's just one of those guys who's been old my whole old life. Forever. So I really want to see like. Real young. I do, and I also I like. I, w- I want season three of our podcast to have kind of an overarching theme, and one of the themes could be sevens. Yeah, we so could we do could a continue our sevens. Seven sevens. Yeah, yeah. seven sevens in a row. We, <laughs> we can, can watch, watch the all the make seven. seven up yours ads yeah, from the fourth late nineties. Yeah, 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 yeah. We could watch the Fantastic Four one and three quarters times. We could watch that's... the Magnificent Seven. <laughs> yeah. Seven yeah, Brides for Seven movie. Brothers. Seven Brides. Oh, yeah. oh that's Snow I, White and the I, Seven Dwarves. Yeah. Ooh. But I mean, you could also, you know, at the same time, like, 
watching if you have problems with something like this that's why i don't like necessarily knock someone who's like watching uh, a good remake like the magnificent seven even though i do think that movie misses a lot of sort of the nuance of it like when was this remake from i mean there's been two or three oh, okay. remakes of magnificent seven of uh, seven samurai and none right? are great well, the John Ford one, right? That's who one made the Wait, is, wait, is Magnificent no, Seven a remake of... Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai? Oh, yes. Okay. As a Western? Yes. Ooh. But there's also a lot... I mean... Because I felt... Th- so that's really interesting, because I did feel this whole movie, I was like, this feels like a... This feels like a Samurai Western. This feels like I could... It feels like an interesting... There's a lot of probably crossover it's, between Westerns so and Samurai So it's a Steve movies. McQueen movie. Oh. Uh, it's by John Sturgis. John Sturgis, yeah. That's what. That's right. I do like... Uh, but I, also, I, I it's do the like title. Joel Brenner is in it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. But it's That the, sounds good. This it, is the it's story. not as good. Yeah, no, it's it doesn't good, have... No. You know what it misses, I feel like? I, uh, it's significantly shorter, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. 128 minutes. Oh, dang. Dude, Steve McQueen and I are going to hang out for two hours. You know... I, I haven't seen uh, this movie in a long time and actually don't even think I saw all of it. What I feel like Magnificent Seven really misses is the a lot of the class stuff oh. doesn't oh, really. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. like cowboys are not... Yeah. They're not a one... To one right. with samurai. Yeah, there's not like no. a class of place. bounty hunters that we yeah. think of. At, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, and there's also, I mean, like what I was saying earlier about like the every show has done a seven samurai episode. I mean, there's right. an episode yes. of The Mandalorian this last year that is a seven samurai episode. It's exactly you know? like seven samurai. Um, it's literally the same. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, any show that has an anthology series when you can bring together a bunch of people to defend a town or something, yeah, you're cool. going to do a seven samurai plot. It's one of those that yeah. is just so like incredibly ingrained in our culture. Like, I love when I just think, do, do we agree that it's the right number? Like, what if it was five samurai? Well, it, it was going to be six. Yeah. That is true. I don't know if you've ever heard. I, and of then, course, you've never heard the story. And then uh, why did he? Why did? Why did? Because so, because so four. Just think well, about it. So let me four tell different you, personalities. Let me tell you the story. Them. They were going to do first because you have to be able to kill a few early, right? So oh, you have that's to have true. good seven, numbers. Right? Seven with expan- expendables. So yeah, you have. Uh, it was originally six samurai, okay. and then while they were writing it, the the crazy one, Toshiro, uh, Toshiro Mifune. The yeah, guy. he he was cast as the quiet. Badass one who oh, never. I thought spoke. he was the funny one. Is that well, is that there's a funny one? Well, the, the yeah, the one that like just kind of keeps. Her, he's not very. He, the one who was like chopping wood. Yeah, they made him, and he makes the I joke like I'm, I'm from the wood chop clan or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has like jokes. I don't but, remember him after that. What happened to him the rest of the movie? He mostly just cracks jokes. He's yeah, the jo- yeah. he's, he's the jokey one. He's one of the only three who survives, right? I think so. Mm. Yeah, because one of them falls and bangs his head and dies. Uh, one gets, one gets shot through a door. One gets yeah. Uh, but anyway, so uh, they it was originally six, and then he was writing it. Um, they decided that they needed like a more wild card type character. Yeah. Uh, and he wanted to have seven. He liked the sound of that more. So they ca- right, alliteration. They moved. Does it like, alliterate in Japanese? Does alliteration work in Japanese? Well, specifically yes. of Seven Samurai, is uh, it alliterative in that? Probably in Japanese. Nah. Probably not. Probably. Well, Sorry. Good. So- but he, they, uh, they did it very late, I guess, in the production. So when they huh. moved him over to be the wild one, he let him mostly like improvise the character. Oh, uh, so a so lot that of butt his mannerisms was not in the stuff script. like that, dude. He was that like butt scratch changed cinema. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, and it's, it's dude, it's an improvised I scratch. Could, if I could list so many characters right now, where I'm like, 
It's kind of like Toshiro Mifune in Seven Samurai. Yeah, I mean, like, his... so like freaking Han Solo is like that character. Mm, There's so yeah. many characters that are in I mean, that vein. But he's wearing and pants. And just from like an uh, iconography standpoint, especially like the armor he's wearing at the end with like the the the, the like forehead armor. Yeah, and, the and it's piece. like all kind of messy. Yeah, like yeah. like the, it's not tight at all. The giant sword, especially if you watch a lot of like animation, the amount of characters who have been based mm. off that performance yeah. alone. Well, it's by also that actor, the, is the same that. one who you know he played Yojimbo for Akira Kurosawa mm-hmm. a few years later. Like he is just someone who is in terms of like his influence in terms of if you look enough at like Japanese animation or even a lot of Western animation, you're going to find characters that just someone was like, I'm just going to take him and put a slightly different outfit on it. And that's basically my character there's design. This, you know? There's this like kind of acting, I'm going to call it a trope, but it's more like there's just always, to me, there is always at any given time, a great actor that kind of has a reputation of being sort of untrained, like not, they didn't go to some acting school and they have all these mm. acting chops. They just have some sort of raw intensity that makes them a really good actor. Um, Nicolas Cage right. is probably the easiest example I could think of off the top of my head. Uh, although, actually, he's probably even a little too fancified for this type of thing. Mm. I think the classic American example would be uh, Godfather uh, on the waterfront. Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. Mm. Yeah. Like, just not, yeah. you know, he doesn't have good diction. He, right. like, his freaking, the way he, like, talks is kind of weird and doesn't even seem like he's very disciplined, has, like, kind of a bad Danny reputation. Trejo? I mean, Danny Trey is one of those guys um, who's like his face was designed to be captured right. on film. So yeah. it's not his intensity, it's his face. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and also, I don't know that Danny Trejo is, re- is... I mean, he's a good actor. I don't know if he's to the kind of oh, status okay. I'm talking about. Yeah. What I'm trying to say, though, is that Toshiro Mifune is like the original guy like that. Because uh, he, as far as your general, like, what makes someone a good actor, he didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. The first time he auditioned for um, a movie called something dog, strange dog. No, it was like it was two or three before Seven Samurai. He auditioned for it, uh, got really pissed off in the read through and broke his chair. Uh, oh. <laughs> and and it was it was like Kurosawa was like, I like this guy. He's probably not actually good at acting, but he's like ballsy. He's real. Yeah. And uh, and then yeah, he just became this really great actor, basically not having this really solid foundation. This is one of those classic stories where you hear about a thing that worked in show business, but mm-hmm. you shouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. No, you like, shouldn't I break bet your chair. so many people have broken chairs in yeah, auditions after this and just like ruined it. That's the problem is because he went in there not knowing he was going to break right, the right, chair. Right. Yes. People, if yes. you go in there knowing I'm going to break they can the chair, tell. that's what they, they can just tell. bill you for the chair. Yeah, but yeah no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he is one of those guys. It's kind of hard to tell in this movie because of the way he's made up and mm-hmm. the way it's shot. But like, after we watched this last night, my wife was just looking through like, uh, photo stills of him and just like normal civilian clothes and she was like he is so fucking dreamy because he really <laughs> yeah. is a legit very great sexy. looking guy mm. very sexy uh, mm. she was like she could not believe I could barely picture his face but I can he... definitely picture his butt yeah <laughs> My, she could not <laughs> so believe that is a sex appeal right? yeah. yeah him yeah. in like a sweater holding a book like looking all steamy <laughs> she was just losing her mind wow. last night wow uh, I hope, I hope she, you got to uh, channel some of that yeah. towards yeah. you and not to him he is um, he is legitimately my like in my top five actors all time. Like I think everything that he uh, did with Kurosawa, especially, is amazing. So I uh, we've been doing the segment stupid questions. We've mostly wrapped uh, up on it. We've covered all the stupid questions I had, except for one stupid question, um, which was up until this point, 
I had only heard one thing about Kurosawa, mm-hmm. and that was that he made mad films. And that's the only thing I could think about. When you say Kurosawa, I'm like, oh, Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, right. Kurosawa. Okay. Oh, like Kurosawa, okay. I make mad films. And I don't know what that means. So now I've watched it. What does it mean? He made a bunch of He made movies. 30 Oh, movies? just like a lot of them. A lot of I think is maybe what Mad in, in the number sense. Okay. Yeah. They're not like bonkers or angry. No, no. I mean, there's but definitely quite a bit of violence in a lot of his movies. Sure. Uh, okay. okay. And also, like, he mostly made, when I think of him, I think of, like, uh... This movie might not immediately make this jump to your mind, but like very introspective, controlled movies. If anything, mm. I would say his movies weren't mad. Yeah, this sounds very in unmad. terms of an yeah. energy thing. Like there's such a level of precision and control. Yeah. And you know, he was. Uh, I'm sure there was others before him. But one of the things I've always heard about him is like because he was his own editor, which is something that oh. is still not very common in directing. No, those are different sets of letters um, after your name. So to like having like that level of control and like precision over your own work he's also the type of dude that's like a very famous story on like the seven samurai where the film was like shut down during production a lot by the studio because right. of like things running it over was taking too long and yeah. it was like bankrupting them and everything <laughs> yeah but he <laughs> like it's like any great they movie used a yeah, lot like, of horses and mud but yeah, anytime the film would get shut down rather than panic he would just go fishing because he was like huh. well They've wasted too much money. They're not going to shut me down now. So just incredibly calm and like, you know, uh, real, you know, control, uh, master of control like that. So that's what I always think of. So I definitely don't think of him as, but also. making mad films. But if he did, he'd have a samurai. Isn't, it's like, I'm trying to think of the the context from the Bare Naked Lady song. What did you say right before that? um, I know the line after it. Uh, okay, I don't make films, but if I did, they'd have a samurai. Um, yeah, I'm. But I mean, he's talking about making a lot of stuff, right? I think through just context clues, you've could have gotten this, Alex. I don't think you needed to bring it <laughs> to the podcast. I mean, I'm, I, I I pulled up his filmography right now, uh, which I I feel like so, if there's one director I would want to watch everything they ever made, it, this is probably yeah. This is probably one I, of guys. Besides, so this is from. Um, well, let me let me go back. Let me yeah, let go me, ahead. Let me go finish ahead. up on this thought. Yeah, give us um, the lyric. Chickity China. The Chinese, Chinese chicken. chicken. Yeah. Anyway, so this is it's Not in that, that verse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, China, uh, watching X Files Online. So on. Uh, we're we're Don Faison. Don's La Maison. I don't know that one. Um, I hope the smoking man's in this one. That sounds like a film reference. That's an X Files reference. Oh right, mm-hmm. great. Um, but then it, so it's just three. It's four likes. Like Harrison Ford. I'm getting frantic. I don't think of him as that frantic. Um, kind of like Stingham Tantric, that I, I, that I get, we get that. Yeah. Sex. Snickers, guaranteed to satisfy. That's like a sponsored. That's some spawn comedy. Yeah, that's the, the lazy episode. one. We should, we could cut that one. And then like uh, like Kurosawa, I make mad films. Okay, I don't make films, but if I did, they'd have a samurai. And then he goes into the fast part where he's like going to buy a set of clubs, going to get the kind uh, of yeah. I, I I think he probably just means that he likes Kurosawa movies. Okay, and that that those are the type of movies he likes. Also, you know. They're Canadian, so maybe like Mad is slang up there for a lot. I don't yeah, know. No, I, I mean, Mad film or yeah. Mad uh, as in a lot is the thing we say here. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're going to wrap on on uh, Seven Samurai. Um, we're going to put three of them to bed or four of them to bed forever and the other three to bed for a well-deserved <laughs> rest. Um, all right. Uh, That's an annoying spoiler. Yeah. I'll say that for the record. Is it? I mean... Uh, yeah, a little bit, but nah, whatever. I'm, I'm the one that complains about spoilers. And also, you're the you said you already said who died and how. You were like one died this way, one died. No, this that was way. no, no. That, that oh, was okay. Either. And I stopped very quickly. Right. You're like two is enough. Can they figure but, out who else is going to survive? You it came out in '54. 
but also at the same time, I think it's... The, sit down, watch it. Please watch yeah, it. Yeah, watch it. I think even not knowing, but it's the type of, again, it's hard to spoil the story because yeah, every, there's so many versions of it, and in every right. version, a bunch of the crew has to go at the end of to course. make the sacrifice. Of course, of course. Um, yeah. You're not going to have seven characters I feel fine about that spoiler. Yeah. And yeah, also, yeah. You know, I have to say, I think we have to remember that we still lost this podcast. It was the listeners who won, you know? <laughs> This was right, a victory gonna, for them, all right, not we're gonna, for us. We're going to come back and do a mailbag and then get out of here. All right, uh, now uh, it's time for the mailbag. <laughs> we're going to reach deep down in our mailbag. We've got so many good emails. The first one I want to talk about, uh, this is from a good friend of the show, Jay, Jay number one. Uh, and you, Hunter, were assigned this. So it took us a little while because I oh, wanted yes, you to be yes, here because yes, I assigned yes. you this this uh, task. So Jay number one says, quick, possibly non-pizza box related question for the professors about m- filmmaking. Other than to help Samuel L. Jackson fulfill his destiny, why did credits shift to after the film instead of at the beginning? As oh. recent as 1981's Great Muppet Caper, the majority of the credits were at the start which Jay is a huge uh, Muppets fan, so mm-hmm. it's yeah. not surprising that that's his first example. That's his, that's his reference, um, his touch uh, point. Fozzie, nobody reads the names anyway, do they? Kermit, sure, they all have families. Um, do we not know what? Why I don't. This is a thing? I asked Hunter just yeah. in case, and he said he knew he was going to talk about it. So yeah. you, you also know. Great. Yes. I just didn't. I just yeah. wanted to make sure it's, it's one of fun, you knew before we yeah. did it. Um, I'll say this. I, actually, how about this? I'll I'll give. Well, the, I'll give Jay's sure, really sure. quick. He just said, "Is it related to the increased volume of credits that come with CGI type effects?" No. 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 Great, Hunter. Uh, so well, okay. So first of all. Uh, some movies, like for example, one that you should know, mm. and actually, I'm just going to turn this question on you. No, instantly. there's a was movie. Was this a test? Yeah. There's a movie that we watched that came out way before 1981, and if you think about how that movie opened, you'll discover something right now. If way before 1981, this movie came way out, before. There's almost was it the French al- one? Was it this one that we just watched? No. no? Okay, great. Uh, was it Citizen Kane? Yeah, that's the only one left. Oh, right. Like and it just be... opened like with mm-hmm. some shit happening. Yeah, it, it just opened, opened with stuff happening. I do so... believe that I remember this from film class in Medias Res. <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> no, that's that's a storytelling technique. Okay, that's not great. a credit thing. But it did open is, like no, just no, like told he, you the story. Was sort of right. Yes, sort of right. Okay. A, I would say there's okay. a difference between a cold open and something. Yes, it was opening a cold open. Yeah. Okay, great. Right. But uh, yeah, actually, this is uh, it's it's. I feel like it's kind of boring when you hear the answer, but it's Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars is the really that's why. Yeah. So it used to be. Wait, really? Yeah. yeah so it's Star Wars. is the reason why movie <laughs> credits don't happen in front of the movies anymore. I mean, it. Because... Well, okay. So that that maybe gives it too much credit. Yeah. It's just that Star Wars didn't do that, and in fact, pissed off the Directors Guild of America, and right. George Lucas was like, "Well, I'm not going to be in this anyways, or even in Hollywood at all," because he was like going through his thing. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and I'm taking my toy business and I'm going to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and you yeah. know what? He got all the rights to the toys yeah. and then made his whole fortune off toys and they didn't even think that was going to be worth anything. But he didn't put the credits up top. That movie was such a hit that I think that basically it was just kind of like, oh, the coolest guy in school didn't do it this way. Well, I guess we're just going to stop doing it that but way. But yeah, he did get in a lot. So it used to be like guild demanded that you mm-hmm. had to pick well, credits. I, was gonna up say, I thought the credits are, there, I thought there was some like legal business about yes. credits yes. And, and what but you have to do. After Star Wars became the biggest movie in the world. And like, cause like, I totally understand. Like if, 
if Star Wars, if you imagine like the 20th Century Fox fanfare happens, and then you sat through like three minutes of credits, it's and terrible. Then, yeah, da, 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 like you know, it yeah. just would not have that impact. So like that's another one of those things that's like this is a weird side tangent, but like think about the impact of Star Wars. Think about like you've been going to see movies your whole life, especially if you're a kid, yeah. and everyone opens with this long, so drawn out yeah. credit sequence, and then you sit down in the theaters for this. And you see a long time ago, and it was like directed by a guy named a long time ago. Yeah, I don't yeah, understand yeah, what's yeah. happening here. <laughs> and then you get fucking hit with a John yeah. Williams score yeah. and the giant crawl, like yeah. just at a jaunty angle. Yeah, I mean that must have. <laughs> it's one of those things like it's hard to wrap your head around how much of an impact that must have had it's on so you. So interesting, because I yeah, because credits are boring and no one wants them except the people whose names are there. Mm-hmm. I, so I, it almost feels like advertisement. I mean, like, I disagree. I definitely love a good credit sequence still. I mean, too, if it's sexy. Yeah. Sure, yeah, if you, you can do an artistic way, just like there are ads that are entertaining, but it's still like, you're. this is like the producer wants to advertise that no, they I, were involved in the film and so like i want my name big and to take a while well i mean i think that it's it's to me i think that a really good credit sequence sets a tone and an atmosphere for it right so i think that like the way tarantino does like real old like throwback ones it's like interesting and it's novel like part of the world yes basically. yeah it's exactly like going to hollywood movie world yeah uh, but also okay. like if it's not like you know the james bond ones are obviously the very sort of sexy idea but also like just a really good creative title sequence if you see something like that i feel something like like that like yeah exactly Sorry. uh <laughs> Uh, like, you know, Wes Anderson Sorry. is another one who does really good. But again, it's that sort of like it sets the tone about what you're going to watch. You're like yeah. sitting down, you're watching this. Um, I, I you know, definitely don't think every movie needs it. But I do also get sad when movies start like, like I, I like the work of Christopher Nolan. I don't like that he doesn't even pick the titles of the movies till the very end. Oh. Like that kind of frustrates me mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, Interesting. It gets I, me jazzed about yeah. what I'm about to see, honestly. Yeah, a good I, opening credits. Yeah. What I like is when they show the production company's cards, which no one gives a shit about, uh, except the people who are involved in those ads. Right. But those when, are, yeah, those are even more perplexing because it's, it's so like, this strange. is just the company's name. Like, yeah. am I, how am I supposed yeah. to even really I, be attached to this well, at all? Right. It used but to I be like, a lot better before every movie wasn't financed by 15 different right, production yeah. right. groups. I right. totally know. And now you have to sit through like, slides. I like when, when the slides are like infected by the movie where they mm. show you like oh, the sure. Warner Brothers logo but there's already blood on it you're like oh shit this is yeah. gonna be a violent oh, movie or like uh, like how well I missed this episode but Into the Spider-Verse did yes. that yeah That's yeah really yeah you, like, I already oh we're already in the or, shit or like <laughs> my personal favorite uh, like my favorite thing about Joker honestly is the old vintage Warner Brothers title oh, code yeah, that comes yeah, up. Yeah. I love oh, anytime I you get an old title, especially the old Warner Brothers logo is one of like, to me, it's like the most iconic film production company logo yeah, yeah, of yeah. all time. Along with like the really old grainy universal logo yeah. when it's like an actual globe yeah, that someone is globes. spinning. Yeah. Um, I My favorite thing about uh, Joker was the milk. Anyway, um, that's from the Oscars. All right, uh, we have another email. Thank you. That's a great. That's a great. Oh, answer. Wait, I wanted to tack on oh, one yeah, little thing please. there because uh, we were talking about opening credit oh. sequence. Um, I don't like him very much uh, as a person or as a director, but the opening credits to um, Enter the Void. I don't know if you. Oh seen yeah, that. yeah, that's mm. incredible. Yeah. One of- the, truly a, worth the price of admission alone in the theaters to yeah. see the opening credits into the void. Yeah, oh, um, and oh. I forget what what is that guy's name? Gaspar No. Gaspar No. Yeah. yeah, I don't like him. He annoys oh. me mm-hmm. on a lot of levels. Okay, 
I think he's an edge lord. Oh, he's okay. an edge lord. Okay. Um, very much an edge lord. Yeah, Although yeah. he does, oh my god, his, his latest movie has really good dance choreography climax? in it. Yeah, yeah, climax has really good dance choreography, and then the rest of it is just upsetting. I've seen all of his movies, and he makes me mad. But Enter the Void opening credit sequence just look it up on youtube it's so cool I'll yeah. watch that that's full a, screen it's, really it's easily one of the best it's uh you can also just watch the um all of the lights video by oh, kanye right. it's the same guy i forgot about that no uh uh hype williams directed that but he just straight up stole the oh i thought they actually got that guy is that Did, not true they i know hype williams him? is the director of that video oh. so he just straight up jacked the enter that's the void lame. uh but no i guess knows a very interesting one i put him in like the lowe's vanturia quality uh-huh. uh uh, cal- uh category for me where i don't like most of his movies but I like respect the audacity of them. Yeah. You know, like I love that. There's something about people who make like really edgy movies and it's like, okay, yeah, you're like kind of being an edge lord here, but the the movies that the two of them make specifically, the fact that they think about that, explain it to people mm-hmm. and then actually follow through on it. There's right, something that right. I'm just like, I, I could never get a bunch of strangers to do this. Yeah. There's just no way in right, me that I right. could actually the get the audacity of it. Yeah. There's yeah. one other thing I, I wonder about credits, which is that which is the closing credits, which are sometimes very fun. But then they like <laughs> so they show all these fun credits where it's like, ooh, big actor, and then it's like all animated and cool shit's happening. I'm talking about like the Marvel credit ending. Sure, yeah, yeah, or Pixar or whatever. And then it's like fun. And then that ends. And then they're like, and now those same names in black and white. And then they just do it all again. But in the boring credit version, like, so it seems like you don't get credit for doing it cool. It, like the director's guild or the actor's yeah, guild that, or whatever yeah, requires probably, you, SAG yeah. requires you to yeah. do it boring as well as fun. That's definitely just and boring like, bureaucratic yeah. nonsense. Yeah. yeah, And also the song is always so weirdly not in the tone of the movie. That's something I wonder about a lot where there's like credits start and it's like, why is this? This is not the vibe I felt when this well, movie ended. Because they know you're probably just going to leave anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. like leaving like, music. And on, like, honestly, most fancy, big movies at least, they're like, we, we paid Panic at the Disco a lot of money to make a song <laughs> for us, so we're going to put it in over the you. credits, you know? All right, so um, a couple of quick uh, recommendation emails. So we, last week we were talking about um, asking people to send in emails about th- th- movies that got them into film and, yeah. and got them excited to talk Ooh. about it. So we got a few recommendations to start out with that we'll throw into our hat for stuff to talk about in a future episode. First up, David says, hey, uh, Alex and crew. You asked for recommendations of films that got us seriously into film, and that got me thinking about a phenomenal intro to film studies class I took as an undergrad. We watched so many great movies, but a couple highlights to stand out are Tampopo. Tampopo? I have not. Uh, 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 It's top. It's difficult to describe, but basically it's a Japanese film from the 80s consisting of a group of short vignettes all centering on food. Everyone I know who has seen it loved it, and you will get hungry watching it. Okay. Um, Tampopo. Tampopo. So interesting. I, I'm not. I'm still not. I'm not finding. T a m p o p. T m t a m p o p o. Tam popo. One word. Um, while you look that up, he also recommends the harder they come. The harder the, uh, they come. Yeah, a the, cracking independent J- Jamaican film from the mm-hmm. 1970s about a struggling has, musician. It's the one with the famous uh, soundtrack. The soundtrack to that it apparently has a phenomenal soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's a famous soundtrack. Actually, you've you've probably heard a lot of the music from that soundtrack, oh, even if you haven't seen the movie. Is the harder they come, the song from that movie? Mm, I, I, I think, think so. Yeah, you know, I, I know the song. One thing I really like in a in a movie is where you couldn't make a porn parody of it because the title is already, <laughs> already too on the nose. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, we just uh, changed the spelling. Yeah, no, exactly. Not... Yeah. Um, also, we recommend the N- Night of the Hunter. 
A harrowing oh, yeah, such yeah. a good movie. Night Hunt is really good. Harrowing 1950s thriller about two children on the run from a murderous preacher mm-hmm. features yeah. Robert Mitchum as arguably the most chilling performance. His most chilling performance, which is really saying and, something. And that is saying. I was gonna, yeah. just going to say that's really saying something. <laughs> nice. We're talking about Cape Fear as Robert Mitchum. He, yeah. uh, he played a lot of fucked up creeps. That guy. Uh, also, David finishes. Also. Uh, I saw it a few years later, but The Third Man is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a thriller set and filmed in the ruins of post-World War II. I got my my out-of-print Criterion Third Man sitting right over there on the shelf. That's worth $300. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's out of print. Yeah. But you could just, like, copy it. What do you mean? Well, pe- people who buy Criterions don't just want know, a copy just, no, of like, it. But like making you know a DVD out of print just seems weird. There's you know so what's funny is I, have, uh, I was like flipping through some Seven Samurai before you guys mm. got here, just like watching other scenes and stuff. And uh, and I, I had downloaded it, um, it legally somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then I turned around and I, I all of a sudden looked at my shelf and I was like, oh yeah, I have Seven Samurais right over there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then also, so there's a few suggestions, and David apologizes for not being able to narrow it down to one. Um, Steve also writes in, said, I just listened to the latest episode with Anthony, and you asked for possible other film subjects for the season. I've tried to think of a film that impacted me that I don't remember you guys already discussing on the podcast, which at this point, we're in the 500s. It is kind of you know impressive. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, even though the early catalog is mostly crap. Um, one film that came to mind is the 1927 silent sci-fi film metropolis oh yeah, oh, yeah. that'd be Fitz, cool Fitz i know this suggestion might be a bit of a film school cliche but i really did enjoy it when i saw it visually and story-wise it paved the way for a lot of later works especially oh, yeah. in science fiction well and i have not seen i've only seen metropolis once it was in high school mm-hmm. uh, and i have not seen it since they found the rest of it right <laughs> right so i have never actually seen the completed metropolis um i have no idea if i have yeah i i I didn't know anything about this but um in the email uh steve says uh it's it might be especially interesting as part of film school because there are a lot of different cuts of the film and part of it is lost forever so we can't really even watch the full movie anymore yeah uh that is fascinating it was originally like five four or five hours or something and they like trashed most of it never mind well no this was (laughs) because it was good call this was the time we when the directors it. used to do that. But no, it was Wait, like, so how long is the one you'd watch now? Well, so it was like they reassembled, reassembled it that's out. So I don't know exactly how long it is. It's probably not that long, but a huge portion of the film was lost for time to time forever, too. Until someone was like renovating an old French movie theater nice. that their dad left them or something, and they found a print Incredible. that had like the, the final reel of it. So they yeah. restored it back in. I hear so many stories of like things like 10, this. Years ago. Somebody, like somebody um, at the, the coffee shop where, where um, now, now only Hunter is part of the show anymore, whereas all of us at one point ran a show. They like found oh, yes. an old Model T Ford in the basement uh, at one point. Like I finding old, old stuff is so cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's our obligation to hide something that we don't think is that interesting. Like oh, we should, we all need idea. to like seal off a yeah. closet with just some average stuff in it, yeah. not knowing what later will be like. Oh my god, I can't believe he has we the out of print that. Criterion collection <laughs> of this DVD that we wanted. Which well, I've see, already that, forgotten. Yeah, the I problem got... with out of print stuff is the second Criterion gets the rights to Third Man again, I just lost three hundred. Oh, is that why it's <laughs> out of print? Is because they just lost the rights to That's it? That's what happens with Criterion. They don't even have Criterion doesn't even have the rights to the first movie they put out anymore, which is obnoxious if you're like trying to actually collect the collection, which you think would maybe be kind right, of the point. Because the whole theme yeah. of that collection is yeah, collection is collecting, but you can't even get number one right now. Oh, that's weird. But right. Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say, I did that 
I have that totally, but it's a lot of bones. <laughs> There's a lot of bones sealed off oh, yeah. places. Oh, yeah. You know? okay. I uh, built, I built a little statue of myself out of my fingernails. <laughs> anybody's going to want that. Uh, I keep, I'm hiding it. Steve also adds, uh, I also wanted to tell Anthony, I totally agree with him about Jaws. Uh, that's a movie that I that has really grown on me uh, as an adult. Um, as a kid, I saw some sequels first and assumed that the original Ooh. was also just a silly monster Yikes. movie. Watching it now, I can only appreciate how great it is, and it is yeah. definitely in my top favorite uh, movies. Oh, you Hunter, here for you this. were not here for this. Yeah, is Jaws the greatest movie that's ever been made? Whoa! Don't throw that at me like yeah. that. I didn't Anthony say it was the greatest. It's, it's, no, I said it's easily one of the greatest movies. It is one of the best American blockbusters ever made yes okay. i would I like the uh, i, I like qualify the, it with the qualifier all things of, of that and then yeah. Yeah. no no alex was like no it's a shitty movie i did not that's say basically that. what i didn't say said. that yeah. i didn't say that yeah. i asked you uh, the question i was like really no you were like eh, it's not good that's not what i said I mean, yes there's literally a, no way to find out it's such yeah. a cliche thing to say and i didn't even experience this but just the idea of a movie that made people afraid to swim in the ocean mm. after seeing it. Yeah. Like, what? I mean, what more can a what? movie do but make you scared of a random thing? <laughs> yeah, a random thing that's not dangerous and then is also an endangered species. And yeah, besides that, what, what else can you even want? Still, well, you make it sound stupid, but to me, I'm just yeah. like, wow. No, that I mean, movie I, I, really I just think it's bad. People. It's been bad for sharks uh, <laughs> that they made that movie. But anyway, it's anti shark propaganda. It but is. Like that. And I mean, it's. We talked about it a little bit last week, but the a fact that so many people who worked on Jaws have spent the rest of their life trying to correct that, like, um, that like misplaced fear in shows, yes, right, like yeah, the right. the couple yeah. that shot the miniature footage, like regret it. They horribly. feel really bad. Yeah, because they that movie caused so many sharks to be unnecessarily cold, and they yeah. have spent the rest of their life trying to like fix Swim. that. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying, you have deep. to think of yeah. the effect the film has not just on the film industry, but on the shark industry. On the world. Yeah, well, you don't, but you don't make a movie. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe sometimes some people do, and I would say they would be pompous to do it. You don't make a movie thinking. Not only is this going to be a great movie, this is going to break out of the bounds of yeah. what movies influence people to do. And it's going to ruin sharks. Yeah. But I yeah. do think when you're making a villain, you should think a little, you have some responsibility to think, is this villain actually scary and dangerous? Or is this something harmless that people are going to kill because they're afraid of it now? This idea that yeah. people were not afraid of sharks at all before Jaws, like, yeah. you just that said it made people afraid of sharks. Right, but it, just because people were afraid of sharks didn't mean that they were scared to go out into the ocean. But Do, yeah. I mean, actually, in the ocean, uh, okay, the ocean okay. also already scary. Yeah. So, yeah. like, terrifying. The idea, well, it is, yeah. though. The ocean no, is a I, classic I scary thing yeah. that exists. But it's, it's like, you know... Um, Pete, you know, people say like Hitchcock made people afraid of taking a shower. Yeah, strange because of Psycho. You know, yeah. it's that. It's not it's like always he's fear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, there's definitely movies that have, like Rounders made me want to play poker for a living. Oh sure, this, I'm very easily influenced. <laughs> uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi made me want rice. Right, yeah. right. American History X. Well, we all know the rest <laughs> right, of you. Right, so right. yeah, with Alex and yeah, I. Yeah. All right, thank you to everybody. Only you, watch, you, you should only grow your hair, man. Yeah, <laughs> only watches the first two thirds of that movie, but watches them a lot. He says oh. he doesn't like the last bit. Doesn't yeah. feel true to him. <laughs> I, <laughs> I <laughs> is your ringtone still that news clip with Edward Norton in that movie? Um, I I do think there's a very funny thing of like. If you were to just take all movies and cut off the last act, like what movie is the one that ruins people the most? Oh, that's funny. Because yeah. I do feel like as a kid, I definitely, there were movies that I did not 
like understand the last third of. Now, fortunately, Rounders, it all turns out great. But like the Hustler or um, or the Cincinnati Kid, which is a, the first great poker movie, is like the the theme is kind of like gambling is bad. And then Rounders was like, but what if it's not though? <laughs> <laughs> and I like that about it. Um, so I watched Rounders more than the Cincinnati Kid because it's got a more up. I have not seen Rounders in so long. That we already nice. did it for the show, yeah. where I would make yeah. you do it because it's one yeah. of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I we actually, if you if you haven't yet, go back to the catalog and listen to our Rounders episode because we had on a a poker writer who knew a lot about it and it was super fun talk. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, thank you to everybody who wrote in. Thank you to Jay and David and Steve uh, for the suggestions and the questions. Please send more of the, whatever you have. Podcast at readdustry.com. We'd love to hear more things that got you into film. And we're probably going to pick some stuff off that. Metropolis yes. is especially intriguing to if, me. Ooh, um, yeah. If you do go back and listen to the Rounders episode, listen to the to the sound of that guy's voice when I ask him if it's possible to walk into a room and know what everyone has from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> um and uh, yes, and also if you have any more questions about like things you've kind of wondered about from film, but were too lazy to look up here, basically, uh, if you wanted to have the slowest Google, uh, type your yes. question into an yeah. email, send it to us, and then weeks later, Hunter and Anthony will knowingly answer your question. Uh, you could also go deep. You could. You could. All, here's something else you could do because I would totally be down to get a question. That would take me a long time to figure out the answer okay. to. All I would right. love Challenge. that. Challenge. So c- come up with something really hard. Ungoogleable film l- questions. Yes. yes. Is our new segment. You know with what? Hunter. Come up with a question, Google it, and if you can't find the answer, yeah. I want you to ask me because I would love to just have that to just chew on that for a while. Yeah. Excellent. I got a question for you. Yeah. Did Robert Wagner kill Natalie Wood? Can you look that up for me? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'll, I'll ask around. I don't yes. get it. I'll just I don't walk get around. It. Anyway, all this and more re- podcast at readtouchweep.com. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We got to go. That is it for our show. We will be back again next week with more Slightly Condescending Film School. We're going to have a meeting off the air today in just a moment about what we're going to talk about next. Um, Thank you so much for joining us uh, at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. This is a real pleasure. Great chat. Great looking at you while we talk. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, at Hungry Hunty on Instagram. Or if you want to hear more of Hunter recorded in this bedroom, you can listen to Dumb and Busted. You can listen to Dumb and Busted. You can listen to Space Cats, Peace Turtles. uh, So the semifinals. Half, of our, half oh, here. Gotta do my Space Cats plug. Please. Um, <laughs> the semifinals of our Patreon uh, second annual International Twilight Imperium Tournament starts this weekend. We've got two games. One is on Saturday on our Twitch channel. You can watch it. The game will be approximately 12 hours long. <laughs> Go ahead and tune in. Uh, second, <laughs> first game starts Saturday, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Second game, Sunday, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Ooh. Time on Twitch. Both will be live. We've got some of the best players in the world. Play so in. what you're saying is you might not be on Read and Weep next week because you might be oh, 20 so plus hours so into it. So Saturdays a, and Sundays are going to be off for me. For a while. For, well, I mean, there's only six games, so that's three, three weeks. weeks. Okay. Three weekends. Okay. Man, that is a... Of all the things to be dedicated to, something that takes 12 hours to complete. I'm not dedicated to it. These 36 losers we got that are like... <laughs> Playing for you're bragging not, rights. You're not hanging out. You're not watching. Oh no, I have to watch all of it. Oh, okay. But are for you, me, it's commentary? a jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to watch. I'm gonna have to <laughs> commentate. Come out. Come up with things to say about it. Yeah. If, you know, every minute for 12 hours. It's not hard at this point, though. I've done it. It's a long broadcast. I've, I'm I so have impressed. commentated hundreds of hours of Twilight Imperium. That's so, so three or four games. No, <laughs> no. I wish. I, I wish it actually cut out to be that much. 
Uh, but no, it's uh, so many space so many cats, Pete's turtles, and if you don't know what that means, the show might not be for you. It's but not if you for do, you. It's for nobody. Check it out. It's for nobody. Come check out our Twitch. We got a lot of stuff going on. You What's can the watch. Twitch channel? Uh, Space Cats Peace Turtles, baby. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back again next week. Take care. Goodbye.